0: beauty is in the eye of the beholder said no influencer at Coachella ever (laughs) oh come on now I just kid I just kid we know there's more going on under those tassel booby ties and bandanas and those you know influencer hearts but I figure you know what today is the perfect day there's a lot going on and, you know, with Fire Festival 2.0, this shit show going on with Coachella and influencers, and the, you know, this expose, if you will, this new documentary on Abercrombie and Fitch, and gonna tie in the one, the only Elon Musk and JK Rowling. How do all of these things tie together? You ask in such, like, it is not even Christmas. How are you gonna wrap this in the perfect little cancel me baby bow? What do these things, what does one have to do with the other? What does A have to do with B? I'll tell you. we're gonna talk today about image, the idea of image, okay? as I sit here in my newly branded, fierce, pun intended smelling, Abercrombie top. We're gonna talk about image, what people will do for image, the shamelessness, the lengths they'll go, and also what they won't do for image, okay? Where we're at with all of it, And what it says about us, you know, as usual, we're getting deep, we're getting philosophical, we're getting existential, but that's what we're going to be talking about today. Okay. The scope of it, the lengths will go, what people will do, won't do for image. And honestly, like in the end, what we shouldn't do, because we are all a bunch of superficial fuckers, it seems And image is, you know, what means a lot to us apparently. So, you know, like some things never change, you know, we talk about like objectification, this and that, you know, beauty standards. And you know what? That is the end of this episode, actually. I just concluded because the truth of the matter is we are all a bunch of superficial people anyway. You know, what you see is what you get. First looks, first appearances, and there you go. So don't even try it. Story. Okay, no. Welcome back to Cancel Me Baby. It's going to be a good one today. It's going to be a little bit, you know, it may seem a little clusterfucky, but such is life, such is 2022. And so just get along for the ride. And I'm really excited because this is our first intro. Like- I know my calculus, you plus me equals us. Who can catch that throwback? We're gonna revisit that time in pop culture with the Abercrombie era, but I miss you because I've had a lot of guests lately and they've been fun, it's been a blast, but you know what? Like enough with the menage at pause I like my alone time with all of you and I am just ready for it. Like, I don't know about you, but my body is ready. So welcome back to the solo app. I'm excited to have you all to myself. A little bit of housekeeping. Okay. Like I am no, you know, homemaker, but some housekeeping here before we get into um, this shit, because I am the worst self-promoter on the planet. Like this is the most willy nilly in some ways, you know, again, no frills, no fancy backdrops, no intro music. It's just me and you here, you know, sitting on each other's laps, kumbaya. So some housekeeping um, number one, I have new merch, you guys have to hit it up, especially, you know, you ladies, you know, people identifying as women, I don't give a fuck because I dropped some new merch and I actually have some, I've been wearing it on recent shows. There's some tanks like get up in the gym, get up, you know, do what you got, go get a sugar daddy. I don't care. Like whatever you want to do. There's some hot new, there's like a muscle tank. There's a razorback tank. There's a really cool tote, you know, to keep your ex's dead bodies in. So also support the Cancer Me Baby podcast. Like, listen. People are going to do what they got to do to make a buck, as is what it's going to be discussed in this episode. So you can find the support page. I mean, listen, peeps, cough it up, all right? I mean, desperate times, desperate measures, beggars can't be choosers, whatever, all the sayings you want. The support page is on Anchor, and you can find it in my bio. You can do like 99 cents a month. You know, I will enjoy that McDonald's burger like you have never imagined, you know, you can do $5 a month, $10 a month, like whatever it is. Cough that shit up, let's have a good time. Um, Help me keep this train going. Uh, What was the last? I had another note on here of the last thing. I can't even read my own handwriting. So this is a good time. Merch, support, oh yes. And wow, this is going swimmingly. Sharing is caring, okay? Not Karen, caring. So share Cancel Me Baby with anybody who you think would appreciate it, would enjoy it, would have a good time because you know what? these people are just really out here on their bullshit. And we are cutting through that. As you know, like we are here for the real talk, the honest, and it may not be everyone's, you know, cup of tea flavor, but you know what? Just throw some, you know, rupees in there and soon enough, they'll be having a good time. So, okay, cancel me, baby, pass it along. Sharing's caring and let's get this community building because these are, you know, the conversations that we're really thinking that we really need to have. And I know you bitches are having, behind the scenes because you dm me about it okay so first up doing the most for image so you know I can't lie to you it is a little satisfying to see hundreds of influence I don't know if it's hundreds but whatever dozens of influencers out in the desert you know just it's like survival of the fittest out there clawing their way literally to get to coachella like it is a little i'm gonna explain why it's a little bit satisfying but what happened so you guys remember Firefest, right like how could we forget and speaking of like where is ja rule i'm just wondering because like is he a hologram like what's going on here um another throwback to the 2000s but i digress So Revolve Festival, it's a very exclusive, invite-only, you know, this TikTok influencer, that Instagram influencer, and I looked, and they all have give or take, you know, a million followers, maybe half a million, whatever. So they get get to go out there. I think they pay for their own flights. I tried to do a little digging on the numbers for you all, but- You're going to get the idea. Very, very bougie, like Kim Kardashian's there and Kendall Jenner and the like and the whole thing, right? Very exclusive, like I said. I think they're put up in like a revolve um, decorated hotel. It's this whole thing. Well, shit went awry this year because, you know, and look, I get it. People are, these people literally are probably convulsing at the thought of not being able to have like a braided thong up their asshole to post a neon carnival, to share with their followers, to make it look like they're out there living life and having a good time. Like they are shaking at the thought and it's been two fucking years. I get it. So they are antsy because of covid I think that says this has been on hold for 2 years. So they're at this thing and apparently what happens is revolve coordinates for these people to have to get buses to go to actual Coachella. But there was a whole mix up and it just basically shit went awry, okay? And so you're seeing videos and tweets about how these influences are out in the desert waiting for buses to bring them to Coachella, upwards of five hours, they are out there in the hot desert sun, they're like, what? This isn't my like selfie ring lamp, I, I do not comprehend like what is happening, right? They're out there in the sun, no water, but on a serious note, like bitches be passing out, it's a whole thing, okay? And here though, is probably my favorite part of this. I know before I get to my favorite, I'll leave you on the edge of your seat. So we all know, listen, like I've never, It just, doesn't seem like my cup of tea. I could have covered Coachella, especially when I was out in LA, but like do I want dirt up my nose for the next century? Do I want drunk people, high people around me while I have to like go pee in a cactus? I mean, for me, it's just not my cup of tea. But thinking about all this and the lengths people will go really made me think about like, what was this at its core? And like, would I enjoy myself if I were placed in said environment? And things about it that I am drawn to is the idea of like, Being out in nature, like seeing this like larger than life concert and people and the colors and the costumes and the fashion and then you're like, there's a mountain right there and a palm tree, maybe a bald eagle, I don't know like you're connecting with nature like Megan the Stallion's twerking and there you go, a rainbow descends, you know, upon the earth through the clouds like that, you know, looking up seeing the stars like all of that sounds really beautiful and I'm sure that's what Coachella was originally about so fun fact it originally started in 1999. But here, like this, just goes to show how over the top. So back then, also like hashtag inflation, hashtag shoot me. But back then it was fifty dollars. Now it's upwards of anywhere from like basically five hundred to a thousand for like a weekend pass to go to this shit. So back in the day, like everything, it seems like it was more pure. Like you had Weezer there, Fat Boy Slim, like just people trying to enjoy their music out in the desert, maybe drop some acid and have a good time. But alas, you know influencers ruin everything. No, I'm just kidding. But the cell phone ruins everything because now we all know it's really, I feel like maybe there are some people going to enjoy that part of it, but I feel like you're just going to be seen. You're going to show off, you know, this crazy fucking outfit that literally, if you wore it anywhere else, you would be arrested on the spot. They would be like, who is this child predator? Get them off of the property of my pizza hut. Like literally it would be crazy. Right? So And that is, I will say, a plus about not looking like a child predator, but a a plus about it is I can recognize the fact that it is really recognized around the world, right. For culture and art and fashion and music and style, like that's a cool thing about it. But again, everything is ruined these days. So now it's just like, how can I get the sceniest, coolest photo? It's like, are you really there to enjoy the music, the stars, you know, the aforementioned bald eagle, who's going to come sweep you away into Nirvana? Like, are you really there to enjoy all those things? You know what I mean? And so That's why I think it's a little bit satisfying for us to see these fuckers play the Hunger Games because it's like, what is all of this really for? What is all of this? Is it really to kick back and let loose after the last two years? Yeah, maybe, but like, would you be this enthusiastic without your cell phone up your asshole? Like I really have a hard time believing so. So anyhow, here's my favorite part to get to the suspense of this whole scenario is that these influencers were clawing each other, fighting each other, shoving each other, standing in front of moving buses, okay? And the best part, yelling about why they were the most important. Don't you know who I am? And I should be the first one on this bus, okay? And on Cancel Me Baby, I will salute the everyday man and the heroes. Not only, you know, in some episodes I've talked about like, you know, law enforcement and police and the fire department or teachers or doctors, you know, but I got to say that every man in this scenario were the bus drivers who, and the security, who number one threatened to not come back because they were like, this shit is above my pay grade. And number two, who were like, I don't even know who these people are. I don't know if they're important. For all I know, they could be here for a circus convention. Like they were hired for a string of bar mitzvahs. Do you know what I mean? So shout out to them because they were not having the bullshit. Now, I want to play for you. This is a little bit chilling, I think, and sad. So... Funny enough, I had interviewed a handful of female influencers, all kind of in the lifestyle um, realm. One of them, shut the kale up, Jeanette, is a total sweetheart. I mean, they were all sweet and all great. But Jeanette, she and I—if if you're listening, hi Jeanette—every um, now and then we'll DM. But she's fantastic. All have massive followings, right? And it was kind of on the heels of Firefest, not Firefest itself, but those do- the string of documentaries that came out. So I asked them, you know what does this really say about our culture our need to be like in the cool kids club like in the mix having a good time yeah where all the cool kids are and how easily I hate to pun intended but influenced we are you know what I mean again the lengths will go just to like for your image to look cool, to look like you're in the cool kids club. And the crazy thing is what they said then is still so relevant. Now it's like nothing's changed. And this was three years ago. And if anything, it's only gotten worse. So check it out. When there was that horrible like rally and the KKK like broke out and like the fact that it's even happening in this day and age and people were still like posting smoothie bowls or a yoga pose, Unacceptable. All the influencers saying woo in their bathing suits like looking all hot and like drinking. You have nothing to say. Post nothing. Why would you do something and lose it all for like one paycheck? I have $117,000. $290,000. Two ninety something. Two hundred and six thousand. You're an influencer, so people are gonna do what you say yeah. at the click of a button. It's insane. It's insane. It's definitely like a lot. Like there's a responsibility, I think. It's Intimidating insane. sometimes. As a reporter, when I see other reporters being like, "What are you wearing?" I'm like, "You have power. Yeah. Why are you asking?" And I'm like, "Oh, this is so annoying." Like reading something or like seeing something that I know is totally fake. It's like really why true, do we yeah. why are we focusing on that? I mean the mute button is the best thing ever. <laughs> are you familiar with the Fire Festival, the documentary? Yes. Stuff? Okay, have you watched that? I matter. really I the know. catapult yeah. of the oh. mess yeah. was how easily Millennials are influencers. Yeah, it made me sick when people look at that. They immediately think I'm gonna pay for X, Y, and Z just to be there and look like that. But that's not reality. It's our job as influencers to spread messages that aren't always good, but are real. I know I'm gonna lose thousands of followers when I talk shit about Trump. But so what? We're so wanting to be. In that place where you can take photos where everyone is and the whole yeah. thing. It, and it's really scary. It's damaging. And here's a little insider input, but this, these interviews in and of themselves were a little bit of risky business because when you think about it, so I'm backstage at a blog, her <laughs> event, which from my recollection is a company and a platform that, you know, celebrates female, often influencers, bloggers, et cetera. So I'm backstage with these women and I'm essentially like, help me call out your fellow influencers, right? So, but they were game for it. And what's crazy to me too, is how there are people in this space and they're even seeing the bullshit. They're like, It is so, in times, also forget about when there was serious shit going on in the world and these people have the audacity to be like, mom life, here's my acai smoothie for the morning. It's like, bitch, we have bigger fish to fry. Like, can you not? Can you not? Read a room, read a room, right? So there's that. But then again, it's like the fakeness and the superficiality of- the perfect pose and the setup and the colors and the neon car. It just, it takes away, in my opinion, everything. Not to sound like a grumpy old grandma, but it just takes away what it's supposed to be about, right? Which is in this case, connecting with nature, music, your neighbor. Oh yeah. And this is like proved the, talk about the numbers, bitch. Okay. Just call me an arithmetic Einstein genius, because roughly there are half a million pictures posted on a Coachella weekend I don't know if that's the two weekends combined, but whatever, you get the idea. And millions of revenue and branding, you know, like the tents and all that, whatever. It's a whole sceney thing. So all of that got me thinking, it's like the clawing and the tearing down. And like, honestly, trying to pull a Leo DiCaprio, who apparently was there to be like, do you know who I am to get on this bus? Also, it shows like we can't be inconvenienced in the slightest. And it gets into something I want to talk about later, which is Not everything can go your way. Not everyone can tailor to you. Yes. Is it, listen, I would be a little pissed too. Is it false advertising? Yes. You think you're going to this like luxe, luxurious getaway sponsored by Revolve. And next thing you know, you are like experiencing a whole mirage in the desert that you did not ask for. You're like, is that Michael Jackson standing in five feet in front of me? Or have I been out here waiting to go to hotel too long? I don't know. Like, I get it. I could get, you know, you pay to go out there. For flights and Ubers and all this shit. And then, you know, you didn't sign up to like make out with the cactus. I get it. That would be very frustrating. But at the same time, you know what, bitch? It's how the cookie crumbles. Life isn't always fair. And make lemons out of lemonade. You know, you're already at a very exclusive party. Go back to the party, you know, have some lemon drops and, you know, call it a day. And while we're really diving into this, let's talk about the world of the influencer for a second, because I was in the influencer epicenter los angeles and i worked with a lot of them brushed shoulders with a lot of them was at events with a lot of them and i have to say i just feel like this whole thing while it's exaggerated i feel like it totally puts on display kind of the stereotype. The stereotype is for a reason. I feel like a lot of them are like, they can't be bothered to be honest and be frank with you. A lot of them are not all of them, but a lot of them, it's like the world revolves pun intended around them. It's like, they're very unprofessional a lot, of, a lot of the times and so entitled. And I just feel like this is sadly a perfect display of that. It's like, here you go. You see it. And on top of it, it's like not for nothing. And you know, I'm not one to knock anyone's hustle. Unless of course, as you know, it's called poor, but like, what are you adding to the, World, that you can act this way. I'm sorry. Like, are, are you a rocket scientist? Are you a brain surgeon? Like, are you a Nobel Peace winner? Like, what is the where does the audacity come for you to even act this way? That really got me thinking too. It's like, you know, all the clawing and the yelling and this. It's like, for what? Is it worth it? Is it worth pushing your fellow influencer in front of a moving bus? Like, Pulling over, Gina George. Is it worth it? Like for what? To go on your Instagram feed and then what? We're all going to be grandmas one day, and Instagram might be Instagram could disappear tomorrow for all we know. So who fucking cares, right? Like put things in perspective. But alas, these people are not the only ones who do everything for the image, and it's just sad. Yeah, it is. It is. It's so, and it's again with those influencers we're talking about earlier, right? It just it takes us out of the moment. It takes us out of being present, and it really makes me think again, like. Literally people just go, I think, to have the photo. And it's like, you're taking the photo and you're missing the rainbow. It's just a sad state of affairs, okay? So, and if you're listening to this being like, Taylor, you just have FOMO because you didn't go, sweetheart, sweetheart. Um, We will talk after class, okay? So I will see you in detention. Okay, so someone else doing the most. I posted this to my IG story and you guys were getting a kick out of this. Is none other... Then Buzzfeed who I've been saying this for months, like stick to which ice cream flavor are you? Stop it with all these obscure projects. What is happening? So I get these emails about castings and some of them crack me up. It'll be like, you know, a mother daughter duo who's, you know, they're reunited after separated at birth, like whatever, these obscure things, right? And so I had the pleasure of seeing one yesterday. And it was a paid, no paid opportunity for men to go on a blind date with plus size women. This on so many levels. And again, it's like for the image of Buzzfeed, but also of the whole idea of like the body positivity and these women and all this. And this on so many levels is so shameless. Like number one, you have to pay men. What does that say? You have to pay men to go on a date with plus size women. And also the women signing up for this, like, damn, like the self-esteem there just makes me sad because it's like, I know that these people are being paid to go out with me. It's like, what is happening here? And it's also like, I kind of already know the message it's going to try to prove because hence, don't forget it's blind date. Right. So I feel like they're going to try to prove the message of, you know, the guys are going to show up and maybe be shocked and they're going to prove a message, you know, show the message. that's like, oh, see, like body shaming and we're not accepting all body types or the other where like they're stoked. They like a little, you know, cushion for the pushing. And that that's the other side of the message. It's like, see, like, plus whatever, either way, it just feels like a, like a punked thing, but with plus size, it's just, what are you guys doing? Like, what are you doing? Also, it's like, Can you imagine? It's like, I feel like with plus size and we're going to get into this with the rebranding of all these like mainstream stores, Abercrombie and all this, right. But it's like, it's such a special different category. And when you think about like body inclusivity, it's like, well, why don't they talk about this with like really, really tall girls or really, really tiny. I saw this one woman comment like about Abercrombie, like I'm really petite. Um, extra, extra small, like all these things, you know what I mean? You don't see Buzzfeed being like, okay, guys, blind date, we'll pay you for a girl with one arm. It's like, no, it's always, you know, the, the, the plus size thing. And I just feel like it's a premeditated message. Again, it's like, it's so shameless. It's doing the most. I don't know what you guys are doing. If you need help with creative ideas, honey, it ain't me so um this oh there goes my mic so yeah my mic don't try to don't try to poach my mic either it's not interested my mic is non-binary hence the it's so please respect it as such so this brings me to none other than abercrombie so i will admit i haven't seen this is again right on the same theme of the image you know (sighs) How do I want to say this? I don't know. Like trying to, I don't want to say say face, but look the best and get yourself out there. Maybe make a buck. Just all of it. You know, all the things that image entails. So help me God. So Abercrombie has been kind of like in the, I don't want to say in the news, but like in combo lately because there's a new documentary about it called White Hot, and I haven't seen it yet. I, I feel like I get the gist. I read about it. I read. The, I watched the trailer, but it's new and it's on Netflix. And it basically just like goes to expose these hoes, okay? And all that Abercrombie was, all of the stuff from its past, and there's certainly parts of it that are, you know, aren't worth being proud of. But I think that there are parts of it that are, you know, cemented in pop culture for a reason. So let's dig in, shall we? Let's unzip the pants. I was looking, by the way, when I was watching the documentary, those, you guys remember those iconic shopping bags and the whole bag was like, talk about objectification. And also good. This was a good thing about it. Like openly objectifying the fuck out of hot guys. Like, yes, thank you. Because the shopping bag was literally the man's fuck giving him a face. It was the man's neck to his whole torso, basically to his like pubic hairs. And it was this chisel, that was the entire shopping bag was his chiseled abs. Dude didn't even deserve a face. So you know what? Where is the amen for that? Because I'm sorry, like I've talked about it before. We all know women have gotten objectified since the beginning of time, since Galileo, since Aristotle. So you know what? We love a good objectifying men moment. So I wouldn't mind seeing that shit on a bag. And what I was going to say was, I had that exact bag that's in the trailer of that picture of that man's abs in black and white, you know the one in my college dorm. So never forget, it is an artifact of history. So anyhow, what's crazy is like diving into this, it almost feels like, first of all, if you go in any mall, which like who goes to malls anymore? I know again, like a throwback, but there's a phenomenal mall down here in where I am in Florida. And it's funny. Cause I texted my friend the other day. Cause she and I are like Hollister, Abercrombie, like the good days, you know, iconic, right? Like, it's not like we would wear that shit now, but like the popped collars and you would double the polos. Honestly, like it is like Tommy Hilfiger, Ralph Lauren, like had a baby and then had enough, like honestly, and then just like threw up on itself. And there you go. Right. So you walk around the mall now. And it's really funny because it's like, everyone is, it, I've talked about this a lot on my show, but they're trying to be woke. I mean, even Victoria's secret, I sent her a photo and I was like, it's so funny. Cause the mannequins in the front are I don't want to say overweight, but they're, you know, plus size, you know, mannequins. And listen, like, I want to say this. I have love for your body type. Like I have loved ones and friends who are plus size and they're healthy and they're confident. And I love them for it. They love themselves for it. Where I draw a line is where it becomes unhealthy and where we glorify that and act like that's a good thing. And like shame, um, go so far that we shame, like, you know, working toward a goal or trying to be fit or in shape or take care of yourself. Like that's where it gets fucking kooky. But it is interesting because now you're looking at like Victoria's Secret. You see it across at every single store in the mall, Victoria's Secret, Hollister, Abercrombie. And even the mannequins are like, you know, plus size and bigger and they, and like, they all look so different. Right. And so I'm not a hater. I'm not hating on it, but again, it's like, you got it, just it's like everything with bogueness. It's like you guys are just trying a little too hard. And it got me thinking about, um, because we're going to get into like how much Abercrombie's trying with their image. But do you guys remember when the Victoria's Secret Angels, it was either last year or the year before? I don't know. Time is a. Is, is this a concept that we have not proven to be true, but um, they rebranded their models and I remember so many people spoke out being like really like you're feeling personally attacked by this it's like it's that idea of the fantasy, it's a fantasy. And I feel like that kind of thing as well with Abercrombie, of course, there are parts of it that were problematic that I'm going to talk about, but it's like, you guys are just eradicating elements of it. That is branding. That is marketing. That is fantasy. We know it's not our day-to-day lives. It's like a pop star. I don't walk down the street looking like Doja Cat. Are you literally people would be like, how much babe? Like, honestly, it's just, it's a fantasy. You know what I mean? It's a part of that kind of marketing machine. So we have to take it with a grain of salt. But anyway, next time you go to the mall, just take a look and, and you'll see. It's it's pretty funny. They've all gone, you know, whoa, crazy. So Abercrombie. So here's the thing. Now they're undergoing this whole rebranding the last couple of years. And I'm just thankful that they added black to the wardrobe. Like, thank God for finally understanding me, okay? Here's what Business Insider... Ugh wrote about them saying that they're now embracing authenticity that Gen Z and millennials want. So the thing about Abercrombie, we all know this, like it does not take a goddamn rocket scientist, right? Is their branding was very specific. Like back in the heyday, I'm talking like early to that, you know, the 2000s, right? When it was mostly white people, thin, super attractive, like the men with the muscles, okay, and all of this. Now this is what the documentary talks about okay because there is a there is a line here like discrimination straight up discrimination is not Okay, you hear stories, and even digging into all this, I saw people commenting. Like, I saw this one black guy, and he was like, you know, I went into an Abercrombie in Boston, I was wearing one of their polos, I was with a couple white guy friends, and I thought I'd fit in. And you know, the employee like followed me around the whole time, staying like four feet behind me, like stuff like that. You know, that's not okay. This other woman talks about how she's Muslim and she went in for a job interview with a head wrap and they wouldn't take her because you couldn't wear the head wrap. Like discrimination, right? It's not okay. So I'm going to read you this uh, quote by the, the fallen from grace CEO Mike Jeffries like you would recognize the face okay and this guy he just does not seem like a nice man okay he seems like a dick this is the part where people are like we're boycotting at the time and this documentary has people all fired up because he basically admits that he created that specific Abercrombie brand which others by the way let's not forget Hollister, American Eagle, Aeropostale, at the time all tried to emulate, but he talks about how he specifically made it to exclude people. Now on the basis of race, religion, whatever, that's not okay, right? But he, he made it to exclude people because he's like, if you make it for everybody, that's just vanilla and watered down and no one's gonna wanna be a part of it which when you think about it from a marketing standpoint is actually kind of genius because we all want to be part of it. And it's like, we all want what we can have. Right. So here's what he said, which is really special. He said, That's why we hire good-looking people at our stores. Good-looking people attract other good-looking people. We want to market cool, good-looking people. We don't market to anyone other than that. He said this in 2006, by the way. In every school, there are cool and popular kids. Then there are the not-so-cool kids. Candidly, we go after the cool kids. We go after the attractive, all-American kid with a great attitude and a lot of friends. A lot of people don't belong in our clothes, and they can't belong. Are we exclusionary? Absolutely. (laughs) Like, a few things number one, um, of obvious blatant reasons why this would never fly today. It's like people with a great attitude and a lot of friends, like, yeah, good luck with that. When we are all living in misery, anxiety, and depression and isolation in 2022. So that's number one, like good luck finding one person on the planet who lives by those standards. Right. But, um, you know, that that idea of like the cool kids club, whatever, which obviously you can see between the lines why it's problematic. But then on the other side of it, again, like I was saying, why it became such a staple in pop culture. I mean, I remember like like, it was yesterday. Do you guys remember the Abercrombie models who would stand in front of the stores? And if you were really lucky, you got to go to the one in New York city and that shit was on steroids. And the whole experience with like the shirtless hot models in the front and the music and the smell of the fierce. Yeah, all of it, you know? So there is a little bit, I think of a truth in that. Oh, and by the way too, I also feel like Like that like played into, I think like gay culture because what gay guy wouldn't be like, oh my God. And even like they had that like clean cut, all American, like pretty boy look. Right. So like gay guys prove me wrong. Like, were you, or were you not drooling? (laughs) Let's get to the point. Okay. So that said, I went and I looked at comments. I wanted to see what people were saying. Let me talk about what they were commenting on. So Back on March 31st, Abercrombie posted to their Instagram uh, this whole post about how they're not the same Abercrombie they used to be, how now they're, you know, they're including people and they've changed and all this and all that because they knew the trailer had come out that day. So already they're like kind of whatever. This isn't who we used to be. We're on a new path. And that's the kind of thing I've been looking at comments about. And people were really psyched overall. They're like, I love this. I love that you're changing with the times. And look, like, again, I'm not trying to seem like a grumpy old woman who is on the view. (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? We're going to change with the times, and that's okay. My problem, like, of course, I mean, that's what is the, that's why I hate cancel culture so much because we need to have discourse that is healthy and vibrant and alive and evolve and impact and reinvent and change the times. Like I'm so okay with, you know, times changing. Hello. That's why I do this show. Right. To, to, you know, reinvent the wheel and keep things moving and break the mold. My problem is when people try so hard to then almost like backtrack and go the other way, you know, it was the same idea as playboy. When that documentary came out, it's like, we're nothing of what we used to be instead of being like, listen, you know, we we're proud of the, you know, we're not proud of everything. We like anything. It has good uh, good things and dark moments too. But like, we have a legacy and we're going to move it, keep it moving. you know? Instead, it's like, we're a different thing. We're a different brand. So they keep going though on this train, Abercrombie. And these people feel the need. It's like, bring back the, this is where I'm like, bring back the abs, right? Because these people feel the need, like with the whole don't say gay thing, they put another thing on their Instagram that was like, say gay, say non-binary, say trans, say whatever you want to say. And this is where it's like, kind of know your role. It's like, yes, I understand that Abercrombie and Fitch is like a pop culture lifestyle staple. um, Hence, you know, being part of the culture. I get that, but it's also like, do I need like a lesson on the definition of the word gay from you guys? Like, really? You know what I mean. This is where it's a little like again, maintain maybe a little bit of that fantasy. I don't know if I need that from you guys. So then, once the documentary come out, that came out, the CEO this just went up today. So I'm shooting this on Tuesday. Probably going to post it on Wednesday. The CEO post something that's like the documentary does not you know, reflect us and we've come a long way and we're working hard and we're really committed to being inclusive and all of this. Right. So it's funny because in the comments, again, you have people who are like applauding it and then you have people who honestly are like, I kind of miss the whole lab Like I kind of miss, you guys didn't have to do much. You know what I mean? Like I kind of miss like that era. And I'm not saying it was supposed to be like a positive experience for everybody, Um, but you know, again, it's like, it's everything. This is an extreme example, right? Obviously of a very tailored niche, like specifically, as he said, like, you know, exclusive thing, but does everything need to fit everybody and make everyone feel comfortable all of the goddamn time. And I will tell you quick before we pivot that I in fact did work, not at real Abercrombie because remember everyone wanted to be recruited at Abercrombie and I would be like so offended every time I went in there and I was like no one recruited me today so I got the poor man's Abercrombie Abercrombie kids that's right folks I yes worked at Abercrombie kids and you know people online too are telling their horror stories like oh I couldn't have a nose ring and I couldn't I remember that I remember you couldn't have any like crazy again it's part of it's a little bit of like marketing genius though I will say you know you couldn't have any um what is it like nail polish or like nose rings or crazy shoes you had to wear you know pretty much like flip-flops or sneakers whatever like you know what again it it was what it was in its time the most annoying part for me was when you had to greet every person who walked in and it was the most, it was like a robot. It was like, Hey, how's it going? You have to say to everyone who walked in, I could not give a shit. I just wanted to go back to college and get hammered. And I was so bored. I would like knock piles of clothes over and just to redo them. And fun fact, I once made out with like the stock guy, basically on his last day in the back room. What a thrill, honestly, the teenage dream, right? As Katy Perry would say, it brings me right back there. So with that said, yes, that guy was a dick, but on the other hand, we're now going a little PC crazy. And when it comes to the cool kids club, does this sound familiar? See, we always bring it back. We always bring it back in the merry-go-round circle in the Ferris wheel that we deserve to Coachella, right? Isn't that what all of this shit is all about? It's like now again, like not really the what it should have been about but it's like oh i'm at this cool thing with the cool kids and i look super hot and yeah i'm in the desert and here's the neon carnival and here's the branded good american vegan ice cream truck and da 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 isn't it that same idea hello even parties like revolve are only invite so it's that idea of again like the cool kids club and being exclusive and all this. Now I'm not saying it's a good thing or a bad thing. I'm just saying, isn't it funny how it reinvents itself and it's kind of like a part of human nature, right? So before we wrap, we got to talk about the two. Oh, I'm going a little over my time. That's okay. We, we needed to make makeup for lost time. So Here's a plot twist, though. The CEO of Abercrombie, as much as this woman is trying, she is posting all of these, you know, like I said, statements over and over, how committed they are and how, you know, much they've changed. After this documentary came out, it's so crazy to me because I'm still seeing all of these comments on her Instagram post, or it's not even hers, it's on Abercrombie's site. And it's like, it's too little, too late. The damage is done you know, yeah. Now trying to say face. Oh yeah. What, what have you really done? Like what a nice squeaky little comment. So, even this bitch can't win. Which brings me to my last point, okay? Are these two people in pop culture, again, like immortalized in pop culture, who on the flip side of all the examples today, whether it be influencers, you know, pulling out each other's weaves on a school bus to get to fucking Coachella, whether it be Buzzfeed, whether it be Abercrombie, here are two people who on the contrary seem to not really give a shit about their image, yet it has people all riled up, okay? JK Rowling, I've talked about before, JK Rowling (laughs) came under fire because I guess in uh, the UK, there was a trans uh, uh, protest against conversion therapy or something like that. And on that same day, JK Rowling made the mistake of not being out there on the street with them, but being at, it looked like some event with, with, and for lesbians. So, you know it seems like you can't cover them all because she's getting shit. she's come under fire for what people say is transphobic and while i'm on this really quickly i just want to say because i've never explicitly said this but i feel like and i've kind of defended her in a sense i feel like the reason that she is so gung-ho about like she even put up a picture with the lesbians and a hashtag that was like respect my sex right is because And she says, like, if you're trans, if you're being discriminated against, I'll go out in the streets and support you. That's something that was on earth that people were like, well, where are you? Right. But the idea that anybody like the truth is, you know, being a biological woman changes your life experience. Just as trans changes your life experience. Like they're all different. Right. But if anybody can just be like, I identify as a woman, I want to be a woman. I feel like a woman. That idea in and of itself just undercuts the fact that women were treated as second-class citizens for however long, right? And were discriminated against and had to fight their way through rights, through, you know, to even vote, right? Because they were treated as such as literally a second class based on their biological sex. So now if you go, oh, well, anybody could just say, identify this or that, or I feel like it, it undercuts all of that. So it's like, well, what was all of that for them? What was the point of all that? Why did women get treated differently than based on their biological sex if none of that is real, right? So with that said, because she, even in the caption again, With the lesbians. And these are committed lesbians. Like they have the buzz cuts, like they have the whole vibe and the whole aesthetic going on, right? And she even has the white and green heart, which I had to Google what that meant because a lot of people commenting being like, I love this, like feminist icons have the same colors. And I guess it represents suffrage day in the UK, which is when women were uh, legally allowed to vote. So, There you go. So, you know, the lesbians are loving JK Rowling. She's there with them. She's boozing with them. She's having a good time. Like I said, it was some event and they're all like, thank you for helping us. Like, you're the best whatever they're all going to be labeled turfs but you know she covered the lesbian ground but can't cover the trans ground so she gets shit on um and then on the other end of that is my buddy pal elon musk who you guys must know by now unless you literally have been riding around on a dragon maybe over coachella for the last however god knows how long Elon Musk going in to buy Twitter. Why? Because he's seen all the fuckery and he wants to intervene for actual, what he says, free speech. And again, with both of these things, like in theory, you'd think they'd be a good thing, like helping out the lesbians, you know, have their voice and their place in the world and then, you know, free speech on Twitter. But no, like, it's just so absurd. I mean, you see some of the reactions to Elon Musk. I literally saw a columnist, I think it was some guy, a professor at NYU or something. He talked about Elon Musk controlling or being a part of or buying, you know, Twitter to the night before Germany became under the rule of Hitler, before Nazi Germany. Like, are you guys okay? Are you mentally stable? I, sh- I shared another tweet to my story and it's like, democracy Elon Musk says he's doing this for free speech and democracy, but democracy actually needs more censorship and needs us to intervene more in content, not less. And I'm just like, do you realize how much of an oxymoron that is? Because that's weird. I thought that democracy was about, you know, freely speaking and not monitoring so much and not hovering and not controlling narratives of what people can and can't think or say. So that's silly me. That's funny. So that is just all wild and really has been a ride to witness. Like it is all just such a joke. It's such a joke. You see, like you see like the LA Times, Washington Post, which someone else pointed out, another show host, like how these are also owned by, you know, the you know billionaires of the world but they happen to be the ones that you guys like i mean it's just such a joke and at the end of the day they also made a good point which is like okay so are we just gonna fight over like which rich man controls this versus that at the end of the day i mean when you think about the big picture it's like that's a little crazy right so but back to the elon thing in particular specifically it's just hilarious to me because literally you will see headlines that's like Elon Musk wants free speech, and that is a threat to democracy. People at Twitter are scrambling, should be worried, should be scared, it is existential. And yeah, they should be. And I'm just like, you guys are truly not well. May your soul get help. So there you have it, Elon Musk and JK Rowling single-handedly did the, you know, demise of our societies, guys, who knew? So with this now for you today, I have really three main takeaways. Three is the lucky charm. Number one, I feel like we need, whether it be like the cool kids or the exclusive group of the people at Coachella or, you know, the bougie parties and influencers at Coachella and their Flamingo floats, or it be Abercrombie and all of their abs, like making out with each other on shopping bags, right? Or whether it be, you know, like the man in your eyes, say the man is like an Elon Musk now, or a JK Rowling, like they're the man, like, The thing is, don't we need in our society, like we need some kind of version of the man. And what I mean by that is it's kind of what I was saying earlier. It's like, we can't have everything to discrimination aside. We can't have everything to always please everyone, fit everyone, make everybody happy you know, we just can't. And what is a society without like the man and the rebels to stand up to the man? I mean, isn't that fun? Think about it. If there was no Abercrombie and Fitch, would there be a hot topic? Let me ask again, would there be a hot topic to rebel against the preppy all-American Abercrombie and Fitch? Thank you to my Barbie seat buckle belt from Hot Topic, yeah, those would probably have never exist. So we need a little bit of that push and pull, right? Because you can't, you know, have it all. That goes into my second takeaway. How deranged our society has become when it comes to putting your happiness and your feelings into the actions of somebody or something else, right? I heard a comedian talk about this at the Bitcoin conference um, that just happened, and it's so true. He's like, We need to kind of man up, which can't say that anymore, I'm sure. But we need to man up in sexist, man up in the sense of having autonomy and responsibility for our own feelings, whether it be, you know, and, you know, Abercrombie or seeing influencers at Coachella or seeing something JK Rowling tweeted. It's like, well, just let them be over there and you be over here. Like at some point, you can't let everybody's actions and what they're doing be accountable and responsible for your feelings. At some point you need to be an adult, keep it moving and either, and, and, you know, be above it. You know what I mean? Keep your ass moving, you know, be better than that, you know, be better than the gap as, you know, Ryan Gosling says in crazy, stupid love, iconic scene, iconic movie. But yeah, to really be self-assured, autonomous, and you know, don't let the bastards bring you down. You know what I mean? Okay, and lastly, you know, as we learned through the CEO of Abercrombie who tried and got shit on, JK Rowling who tried to help the lesbians and get shit on, and Elon Musk who tried to fight for free speech and even that dude's getting shit on, right? All these people, I feel like it's an, you know, whether they're woke, not woke, whether they like care about their image or don't care, you know, with all of these, the takeaway is you're not gonna please everybody. You're clearly not gonna please everybody. So really, when you think about it, screw it. Kind of like, what do you care? If you're not hurting anybody, you know, if you want to wear your popped collar polo, wearing fierce, okay? You want to wear your flower crown from dusk till dawn and taking photos until your friend's thumb breaks off. Okay. taking photos of you immortalized at Coachella, you know, whatever it is, honestly, screw it. Okay. And just do what you got to do. And in the meantime, keep listening and channeling the one and only cancel me, baby. I'll see you guys next time.